4. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4. And again, we enjoyed so much what um, happened here in this past weekend. And uh, I shared something with the group on Sunday night, and I want to delve more into that here tonight. Amen. This is, y'all Y'all are the Wednesday night group. You're the, you're the Bible study group, right? You're the, you're the discipleship group, right? You're not the Sunday morning only group. Amen. You're going to put your time in because you know payday is coming after a while. Hallelujah. And you want to be used by God in the kingdom of God. And that requires a little more sacrifice than the average Christian is normally willing to make. And uh, so I commend you for that. And so we're going to dig into some things here tonight. Amen? amen. All right, Ephesians 4, verses 11 and 12. When you get there, say amen. Amen. All right. Reading from the New King James Version, you'll find these words. It says, and he himself, he himself is Jesus, yes. gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Okay? So again, he gave some to be what? Some to be what? Prophets. Some evangelists. And some pastors and teachers. Now, you know, we call it the fivefold ministry. Technically, it's, a, it's fourfold. But I won't, you know, you won't offend anybody if you call it fivefold ministry. It's okay. It doesn't matter to me whether you call it fivefold or fourfold. But technically, pastors... Uh, and teachers are really the same. P a pastor must be a teacher. I'll, I'll show you that maybe uh, next week. Um, so, but I want you to notice why. Verse 12 said, for, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, so on and so forth. Okay. I want to focus on this part because my subject is coming right out of, out of this. It says, for the equipping of the saints, for the working of the ministry. So tonight I want to talk on the subject, equipped for the work of the ministry. Equipped for the work of the ministry. Can you say amen? Amen. Father God, tonight, thank you so much for giving us this opportunity to spend this time in your word. I pray that, Father, you give me divine utterance. Let me speak things I've not heard. Give me divine unction, Lord, to flow in ways I've not seen. And I pray that your people have hearing ears, seeing eyes, Lord, and receiving hearts, that God, the word of God, the seed of the word, would be sown into good ground, that it may produce the hundredfold return in every life. I thank you that, God, that God, you give us authority. We take that authority right now over every demonic disturbance. Every demonic distraction, Father, over every doctrine of devils, over every seducing spirits. And we proclaim this atmosphere is free from every hindering force. And that angels are surrounding this place now, oh God, so that your word can, can uh, flow and move freely, Lord, in this place and be glorified among your people. So have your way, we pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. amen. And amen. All right, equipped for the work of the ministry. Say that, equipped, equipped. for the work of the ministry. Now, if you recall last week, uh, I mean, it was powerful every night, every, every night, Wednesday and, and Thursday and Friday, and then Sunday morning, we had our own service, and Sunday night in general. And uh, if you remember, uh, particularly Friday night and Sunday night, uh, when Minister Clayton Philip uh, Anderson, my nephew, when he ministered, um, he talked about, uh, asked about people who wanted to, uh, felt a calling uh, on, on, into the fivefold ministry. You remember that? Yes, sir. 
and how many young people came to this front and uh, how many adults came to the front. And I was just moved by that because that's powerful. That's powerful. And then uh, talked about on, on Sunday night about mantles yes. that were being released. And, and I hope everybody received the mantle. Why, what mantle did I receive? I don't know what mantle you received. That's between you and God. Amen. Uh, but hopefully you, you pray out what you got. If you don't know what you, what you got uh, Sunday night, you better pray it out. And if you know what you got, you better pray it out. Hallelujah. Hopefully you didn't just get a touch and just... Now let it go and move on with your life and do something else. Hopefully what you got, uh, you, you were interested enough to go back and delve into it a little more and say, okay, God, begin to reveal to me uh, what, what's going on. What, what are you doing in my life? Amen? And I'm extremely happy. I'm excited because what I see God doing, uh, what, it, what I was seeing is that he is raising up an army in this generation. Can you say amen? amen. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I was really excited about that. That he's raising up an army, and I'm glad for these young people that are involved. But you know, it's not just young people; it's, it's some of the grown and older, uh, mature people in the in the faith too. Right. Am I right about it? Right. Who are getting off the sidelines, getting on the field, saying, "I want to be using the kingdom of God." Is that you tonight? How many of y'all in that? In that? Hallelujah! And and now, is everybody called a fivefold ministry? No. Uh, but no matter where you're called, whether you're a fivefold ministry or you're in the other, some of the other ministry gifts like helps and administrations and giving and all the different things that, that are out there, uh, exhortation, those are ministry gifts as well. Um, whatever you are, you must be equipped for that ministry. And if you recall, Sunday night after uh, Minister Clayton finished ministering to uh, dozens of people, like, like the line kept getting longer. <laughs> Hallelujah. Um, I made a statement that whatever, uh, whoever you are, I said, if you're not from this church or, or you know, our, our partner church, current church, if you're not from those churches, I need you to go to your pastor and let your pastor know what happened. Let your pastor know that you responded and you said, I feel this calling into ministry and that this mantle I've received on tonight. And because you have to be tutored. You have to be governed. And, and those of you that are, those that were at current, supposed to go to their, their church. Those of you who are here, if you feel that calling, you, you, can't, just, you can't just do this by yourself. What, what we don't need in the body of Christ are all these uh, renegade lone rangers. And that's what has cost the body of Christ so much precious time and cargo is that there's been all these renegades and lone rangers who want to operate in their own little calling in their own little corner of the world and think that they, they once they got a little bit of just a little bit of baby oil on them, uh, they all of a sudden so annoying and they can get business cards and flyers and they have their own YouTube channel and all the things they want to do and Facebook following and they got this little baby oil on them and they've not been nurtured, they've not been trained, they've not been govern governed, they've not been tutored, they've not been taught. Y'all are quiet tonight. But, but I want to help you because I don't want what happened here to go to waste. We've stepped into what I believe is a new season yes, even for this ministry. Yes, hallelujah. 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 I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's something about, see, we're, we're connected. He gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for. So the reason why these fivefold ministries exist is not just to be some governing body. And that, that's good. We are, we are the government of God. Hallelujah, but we are, we have to train everybody for the work of the ministry. 
whether your work is going to come, come into the fivefold, whether your work is going to be in one of the other ministries. You must be equipped for that work. So notice that you don't just get to work without being equipped. I'm going to come over here. I say you don't just get to work without being equipped. And so many people just want to go work and they've not been equipped. Oh, but I got a calling. He didn't say who for the calling of the ministry. He said equipped for the work of the ministry. In other words, in other words if, if I have a, a construction company, I can hire you, but to hire you doesn't mean I've equipped you yet. You can't come on my construction site till I equip you. I got to give you some training. I got to give you some tutors. I got to give you some, I got to give you the tools. I got to give you a, a, a protective gear. I got to give you a harder. I got to give you what you need so that you now can do the work. So, so um, if you allow this, I am God's gift to you to equip you to do what he's called you to do. And it, it would behoove you to receive me as such. Amen. Not just your preacher. But as your trainer. As your equipper. Well, no, the Holy Ghost equips me. That's not what he said. That's, that's not what he said. Y'all are, are quiet here. I said that's not what he said. He said he gave this fivefold or this fourfold ministry, whatever you want to call it, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So the equipping comes through the men and women of God that he puts over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can't just run out there by yourself and do your own thing because you're going to run into some trouble that you're not equipped for. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So I want to give you a couple things that, that, that uh, you need to understand because uh, this mantle that, that uh, was released, you know, how many of y'all received the mantles? Oh, All right. Now, I want to say something. I heard my wife mention this, um, uh, I think, earlier today. Or if not, it's some other, other co uh, conversations. You know, well, he's, he was just a minister. How could he release mantles? Um, the, the Holy Ghost releasing the mantles. He's just the, the minister, the vessel God used to release the mantles. Hallelujah. He's as qualified as anybody else to release mantles. Hallelujah. Well, he's not an apostle. He, uh, when, when, when uh, Minister uh, Clayton was preaching on Sunday night, I, I saw late on my phone, uh, Pastor Caleb had texted me during the message and said, Minister Clayton has stepped into an apostolic place on that night. And I said, of course. He was in an apostolic house. And, and anybody who will, who will submit themselves to the anointing on the house will step into an apostolic, prophetic, pastoral teaching flow. Even if you're not called to that office, you will step into that flow as long as you're here. So he didn't have to be an apostle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's, let's get, some, get some background here, some foundation here. So, again, the mantles that were released, you coming forth and saying, I'm, I feel like I'm called a father minister. And I hope, I hope I got some people that's watching online who skipped on Wednesday night or can't be here. 
because we get a lot of these renegades, they get freshly saved and they want to start preaching and prophesying. Listen, slow your roll because it's dangerous to step in something you're not equipped for. And I'm, and I'm going I'm to I'm deal with all, all, the, all the sacred cows of, well, that's what Paul did. No, Paul did not. I'm going to correct your theology on what Paul did. People think, well, I can get saved and I can go start preaching three days like Paul did. Ho, 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 saw your roll. Paul had some background that you don't have. Okay? All right. So what happened was that you and I, when we received those mantles or we uh, step into that or accept that calling, all we're doing is catching up to what God already planned a purpose for our lives. Right? Tell your neighbor, God already knew you. Remember in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, God said to Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 1 verse 5, he says, before I formed you in the womb, what? I knew you before you were born, I did what? Sanctified you, come on, ordained you. So God already knew Jeremiah before he was formed. Before he was born, he sanctified him, set him apart, and ordained him, which means God gave him his calling before he was born. He gave him uh, the tooling before he was formed. Y'all follow this. Before he was born, rather. So God said, before I formed you, I knew you. In other words, I knew what you were going to be, my prophet. So the way he formed him, he formed him to be a prophet to the nations. So that meant that whatever excuse Jeremiah was going to bring later on was null and void because God said, before I formed you, I already knew you. I already knew what you were going to be. At that age, I already knew I was going to call you. I already knew what tribe you were going to be in. I already knew what city you were going to live in. I already knew what gender you were going to be. I already knew all these things about you. So, again, God already knew you. Number two, I want you to know that Jesus already saw you. Tell your neighbor, Jesus already saw you. In John 1, 48, Jesus talking to Nathaniel. Y'all ever heard of Nathaniel? Hallelujah. Nathaniel is Philip's brother. Right? You know those disciples, Philip's brother, Nathaniel. The Bible says Jesus Christ, when, Nathan, when, when Philip first encountered Jesus Christ, uh, he said, wow, this is the Messiah. The Bible says Philip left. He ran and found his brother Nathaniel, which, which means he went a long ways off to find him. You read some translations, it'll say he went a long ways to find his brother. And then he says, we found the Messiah. So here comes Nathaniel. He comes to meet Jesus. Jesus says, hey, look at you, this man who, who, in whom there is no guile, no deceit. And Nathaniel says this. He says to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Now remember, Philip ran a long ways to go find him. Jesus Christ didn't go anywhere. But he says, I saw you way over there before, you, before Philip found you, I saw you. Which meant that by the Spirit, Jesus Christ was already observing him. In fact, that word saw, mean, it, from the Greek word, it means to, uh, that he paid attention, inspected, and examined. If you look at that word saw in the Greek, it means he paid attention, he inspected, and he examined. You better catch this. He, remember, God already knew you. Jesus already saw you, which means he already paid attention to you. I'm talking about before you came up here Sunday night. 
but before you got your little ordination letter, before you got your little collar, before you got your little business card, he said, I, I, God already knew you. Jesus already saw you, which means he already paid attention. He already inspected. He already examined. Now, what that means is you and I are always being interviewed. We are always being examined by God way before, uh, way before we ever uh, step into our ministry. He's already examining us. He's watching. He's inspecting. He's already determining the kind of person you are. Hallelujah. And whether he can, he can trust you. The, the Bible says, Paul, Paul says this. Paul, Paul says, I thank my God that he counted me faithful in putting me into the ministry. He says, I thank my God, he counted me faithful, not, not he was faithful, not God. He said he counted me faithful in putting me into the ministry, which meant that before he went into the ministry, he was being observed. He was being inspected. He was being examined. Y'all quiet right here. Which meant he's always watching you and me right now. Before we get a title, before we get a microphone, before we get on the stage, he's already watching us. And what, what people think is, well, if God ever calls me, I'm going to straighten up. No, no, no. If you ain't going to straighten up yet, you ain't going to get called. Oh, y'all quiet in here tonight. Hallelujah. 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 See, Minister Clayton preached you happy, and I got, now I got to preach you into what he preached. I got, I, I got to teach you into what he preached into you. See? You know, the Bible says God works in you, but the will to do a physical pleasure. So you got to work out your own salvation. So what God works in, you got to now work out. So if you got a mantle and you got a calling and you got an assignment, now I want to teach you, I want to get you prepared to walk in what you've received. Tell your neighbor, don't waste this anointing. Don't waste this mantle. Hallelujah. Hey, Paul said, God counted me faithful in putting me into the ministry. That means that God observed something about Paul's life before he put him into the ministry. Before he got in the ministry, wasn't he killing folk? Yeah, but he was faithful about it. There was some characteristic that God saw. This consistency, this zeal, this dedication to what he believed. If he had a conviction, he ran. He had the courage of his conviction. He said, that's the kind of man I need in ministry. I wish I had a little more help here tonight. Hallelujah. You know, God called this man named Levi to be, a, Jesus called a man named Levi to be a disciple. Levi, Matthew, we call him Matthew. You know, the Bible says Levi, that Jesus Christ he observed him. He watched him. Before he called him, he watched him. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is watching you. See, he's watching you. So you, you, can't, you can't wait until you get some sort of supernatural release to now say, now I'm going to start me a prayer life. Now I'm going to start fasting every once in a while. Well, I guess I better start reading my Bible more than I used to read my Bible. I guess I better start coming to church on Wednesdays. I guess I better start, you know, attending a little more. I guess I better start giving regularly. I guess I better start. No, 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 no. See, if, you gonna, if, you, if you're that person, the calling and the mantle will not come. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So God already knew you. Jesus already saw you. And the Holy Spirit has been drawing you. Philippians 2.13 says God works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So, so what, what God knew, what Jesus saw, the Holy Ghost has been working. It says God works in you. That's the Holy Ghost. God works in you. That's the Holy Ghost. He's working in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So he's been working on your will. Some, some people came here Sunday night and said, okay, I, I feel called to the five-hole ministry. Well, you didn't just, didn't just get called Sunday night. Let me come over here. You didn't just get called Sunday night. If he called you, he called you weeks ago, months ago, years ago. It's you finally gave in. You finally, he finally got, got your will to succumb to his will. And you said yes. You see? So the Holy Ghost is the one working in us to get us to conform to God's will. All right? Now, once we've conformed to his will, once we've surrendered, all right, and said God's will for my life is what I'm going to yield to, I, I receive my mantle or mantles. I receive um, my anointing. I, I will walk in this calling God has in my life. Now it's imperative that we begin preparing ourselves for the work of the ministry. Because God didn't call you. He's not calling you to a title. He's calling you to a work. Y'all miss it. See, because folk get excited about titles. But he's not calling you to titles. You know, when you go stand before God and in the judgment for Jesus Christ, the judgment seat or whatever, he's not going to say, what was your title? Your title, your title stays here. Your title didn't go to heaven with you. Y'all better hear what I'm saying to you. So don't get excited about a title. He didn't call us to a title. He called us to a work. Hallelujah. People get excited about titles but not get excited about the work of the ministry. And that's why they wear out. They were happy. Look, call, call me Archbishop. Call me evangelist. Well, go evangelize, evangelist. Go bish, bishop. Missionary, go, go do some mission work. Missionary. Go teach, teacher. Go preach, preacher. Well, I'm waiting on the pastor. When he, next time he asks me to preach, I'm going to preach. Oh, you excited about the title. See, no, he didn't call us a title. He, he's equipping us for the work of the ministry. Now let's go to Ephesians 4, please. Ephesians 4. We're working tonight. We're working. Hallelujah. I want you to fulfill what you have received. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 again and 12 says, And he himself, Christ, he ascended above, right, and received gifts for men, right? Gave gifts to men, verse 7, verse 8 talks about that. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some even. Now, everybody know what apostle is? An apostle is one who sent. That's what apostle, the Greek word apostolos means. It means one who sent. All right? He gave some that he sent, and what apostles set things in order. Apostles established or correct doctrine. 
Apostles help make sure that the church is set in order. Okay, so apostles in many ways are seen as sort of the top of the, the governmental uh, structure of God. The Bible says that the whole church, the body of Christ, is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being what? The chief cornerstone. Come on, Bible students. Okay, we'll get this one day. So the whole church is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. Right? So apostles are the sent ones. Then we, we know the prophets are ones who speak divine oracles of God. Right? Uh, evangelists are the ones who, they're, they're, they're burning for souls. They, they go get them. They go get them. All right? In fact, now if you read this in another, uh, I think it's it back in um, Romans when Paul goes to this list of some of the gifts. Or 1 Corinthians, I forget, forget which one it is. And he, he doesn't use the phrase uh, evangelists, he calls it workers of miracles. He calls it workers of miracles. Isn't that interesting? Not the apostles. Not the prophets. He called the evangelists workers of miracles. Hallelujah. So evangelists are called, and now why, why, why workers of miracles? Because they're evangelizing. And miracles are the dinner bell for the unbelievers to come and say, oh, Jesus is real. So if you're, if you're an evangelist or feel that call on that mantle, then you ought to be prof proficient in miracles. You got it? So, and some pastors, we know pastors are shepherds, overseers, right, and teachers, pastors and teachers. Now, if you'll notice in my, my Bible, there's no comma between pastors and the word and. So, again, we know it's pastors and teachers. So some, I am a pastor and teacher. I don't, I, don't, I don't even call myself a big, you know, hooping preacher. It's my, that microphone put in my hand, I might start hooping. But without that, I'm a teacher. And, and because, because, see, the evangelist preaches to get people in. The pastor teaches to get them up. Did y'all catch that? In other words, once you're in, you need to be taught. Because you're now you're in a new system, a new kingdom. And you have to learn a new way. So my job isn't to hype you, but to teach you. So I might be boring, too boring for the you know, mainline Christian, but, but that's why you're growing and many are not because you're being taught. Y'all help me out. Okay. So it says, this is who he gives for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. Now, that word equip comes from the Greek word katartismos, katartismos, and I'm going to try to go through this a little bit here, uh, which means complete furnishings, all right, or co complete furnishing what is what it is. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to put furnishings. In fact, I didn't put furnishings. I, I, I had singular. I don't know how y'all changed that. Complete furnishing, equipping. So this word katartismos means complete furnishing, equipping, to completely furnish to completely equip. Got it? So my job as an apostle, I, I am an apostle, I am a uh, pastor, and I am a teacher. Uh, I've been called a prophet. I've not, you know, subscribed to that, uh, but, you know, praise the Lord. But I know, I know for sure what I am. Okay? 
And my job is to completely furnish you, completely equip you for the work of the ministry. All right? Now, that word katartismos comes from another Greek word, katartizo, which means meaning to render. In other words, to fit, to sound, uh, complete, to mend um, what has bro been broken or rent. Okay? When you come here, you've been broken. If you were born in sin, you were broken. You've been rent, torn. It means to repair. Because if you don't get repaired, you're not ready for ministry. And what happens is you come and you get saved. All of a sudden you get excited, get hyped, and you're broken inside. You're going to preach and teach broken from brokenness. Come on this side. You're going to preach and teach and minister from brokenness. And what will happen is you will dispense brokenness to people. And you'll, rather than helping people heal, you'll encourage them in their brokenness. Or if, if, you, if, you've, uh, if you're a rebel, you've rebelled, if you got offended and left church or offended and left somebody, you're going to go out and you're going to preach in offense. You're going to minister offense. And you're going to help other, other people who are borderline offended become really offended. Because you're broken. So part of what must happen before you now launch out into ministry with your smart self is sit down and let somebody help mend you and repair you on the inside. Amen, lights. To repair. It means to fit out. It means to equip. It means to put in order, to help get your life, get you in order. To arrange, to adjust. How many of y'all know that we need adjustments before we go out there? Hallelujah. Everything is not right with us. At least with your neighbor, it's not right. Right? And we need some adjustments. Tell your neighbor, you need some adjustments. It means to fit or frame for oneself. Notice it. Here's the next word. To prepare. It means to prepare for the work of the ministry. So you, just because you're called doesn't mean you're prepared yet. Hallelujah. Get off Facebook. Get off YouTube. Get off social media. Get off Prophesying everybody in, in text messages and you want to now be big sister, big brother prophet, shut up. You're not prepared yet. You can't string three scriptures together. You're not ready yet. But Paul, I'm going to show you Paul. Prepare. Ethically, it means to strengthen, perfect, complete, make one what he ought to be. So there's something that you and I ought to be for the ministry. Wow. Hallelujah. And that does not happen overnight. And it does not happen without training. It does not happen without guidance. It does not happen without tutelage. It does not happen without study. It does not happen with some, these things I'm going to show you. I'm going to at least show you one or two tonight if I have time. Probably one. To show you what's important. How you get this preparation for ministry. Because what we find is in the body of Christ, we got a lot of people who they jump out there too soon and crash and burn. And I don't want you to crash and burn. Amen, usher. I, I don't want you to crash and burn. I wish y'all say something like, help me, pastor, help me or something. Y'all okay with this? I, I don't want you. Listen, I've been, I've been, I've been preaching the gospel since 1989. 34 years preaching the gospel. I know what I'm talking about. I've got enough experience that I, I think you should listen to me. 
I know some of the pitfalls that I hit. That if I can help you avoid those pitfalls, you're going to achieve more in your first 34 years than I ever did in my first 34 years. All right? Okay. <clears throat> so, I want to help make you what you ought to be. Go to 1 Timothy 3. Because there are qualifications for the work of the ministry. And what we see, especially in this younger generation, in this neo-church generation, is people don't want to... Um, qualify themselves. They just think, well, God called me, and I'm going to just run. Well, number one, I'm not even sure God called you, because if God calls you, if God talks to you, you have an encounter, it's going to shake up your behavior. It's going to shake up how you dress. It's going to shake up how you talk. Thank you, Pastor. I said, if you actually have a real encounter with God, it's going to shake up how you dress, how you walk, how you talk, how you behave. Don't tell me God called you. You didn't hear God called you. You, 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 you. Somebody told you you got a jelly roll in the back of your head and you ought to be a preacher because you, you, you're a great singer. You might make a good pastor. All singers don't make good pastors. Yeah, but I come from, my, my daddy was a pastor. That don't mean you're a pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But we have a young generation, a new generation. And I don't just mean young in, in age. I mean this new generation of church folk who, who, are, who are zipping on out there and take out the people with them. And have their own movements. Hallelujah. Remember when Peter and John had been arrested a couple times in the book of Acts? Uh -huh. and, and they were about to mess with them. And uh, I think it was Gamaliel, one of those guys, stood up and said, Hey, hold, be careful how you mess with these guys because, listen, we got to make sure we're not coming against God. And he went and told the story. He said, There was this one man named Thutus. He said, Thutus thought he was somebody, made himself out to be somebody. And all those people started following him. And then Thutus, uh, he fell apart and died. And the whole movement fell apart. Because Thutus wasn't the real deal. Then he said, there was this man named Judas. He said, Judas rose up. And Judas had all the people who followed him. But Judas got off, off kilter and he died. And the whole, his whole movement fell apart. He said, but these men, if they are of God, they're in the Jesus movement. You better be careful how you mess with them. See, so, so there are people who, who they, they draw people to themselves because they've not been called by God. Or they have been called but did not get properly um, repaired on the inside, mended, corrected on the inside, never learned humility, never learned these things I'm going to talk about to you tonight, never learned these things, and end up, end up um, um, uh, stupid. I, I, I didn't think of a better word. Just, just stupid. Just meaning, meaning, um, they 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 heat people to themselves. You know, the Bible says that people have itching ears. And they're gonna heat teachers. Well, there are teachers waiting, looking for people who have itching ears. And and you got to be careful that you're not one of those ones who gonna bring bring people to yourself because we're not here to attract people to us. 
we're not here to build our ministries. We're not here to build our movements. I wish I had a little more feedback. We're here to build Jesus Christ. We're here to exhort him. We're here to promote him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are you in 1 Timothy 3? Okay, let me get there. I'm going to read a, kind of extensively on this here. Just, just, I want you to really hear what Paul says to his son in the faith, Timothy. He says, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position or the office, it says in King James, of a bishop. Bishop means overseer. Same word you can get pastor from. Same word you can get elder from. Okay? Uh, Presbyterian is a little different. But you, you, you get this word bishop here. He desires what? So it says you can desire it. If a man desires that, you can desire it. He says that's a good work. A good what? Notice he didn't say he desires a good title. A good what? So being a bishop, being an overseer is work. And people get all, all excited about, about a title. I'm a bishop. And I got me a big bishop's ring. And when you come in, you got to bow down, kneel down, and kiss my bishop's ring. And when I finish preaching, I need you to bring my cloak and cloak me like I'm James Brown. I need you to come dress me in my vestures, my, all my stuff. People get excited about the title, but he didn't say the title of a bishop. He said the work. He desires a good work. Now, this I want to give you this representative of all ministry offices. We're going to read about a bishop, but it's, it's representative of all ministry offices here. That it's work. Tell your neighbor, it's work. it's work. It says a bishop then must be blameless. Blameless. See, notice, so something must be, because you're not born blameless. You're born in sin, shape, and iniquity. You're a sinner before you get saved. How do, you, how do you then qualify with this? Something happens on the inside, and now you've changed your character, your lifestyle, so that now you are blameless. Boy, boy, boy. He said the husband of one wife, one, one, can't have more than one at a time. Now, remember, in those other cultures, that people, they had multiple wives. He said, no, 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 you can only have one. He says temperate. What does temperate mean? Self-control. Control your emotions. Control your, your behavior, control your lust, control everything. Got it? Temperate, sober-minded. That means you think clearly. Of what? Good behavior. Hospitable. Hospitable, that means you're open to receiving people. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're not guarded. See, you got to become that. So, so if you're saying, I want to work in ministry, I feel a fivefold ministry calling, I got a mantle, and, and you're not that yet, that's why you need help of the fivefold ministry to help you prepare, to help you become what you ought to be. I'm showing you what you ought to be. Yes, well, I'm preaching better than half y'all letting know here. I'm showing you right here from the scripture what you and I ought to be. Hospitable. Able to teach. Able to teach. Now, I'm going to cover that probably next week here. Able to teach, which means you got to know something. Well, you got you to know something. And we got people out here trying to prophesy and trying to give 
prophetic words and, oh, I got all this word, and you don't know, you don't know the difference between Daniel and Job and Jonah and Micah and Nate. You don't know anything. You don't, you don't, know, you don't know doctrine. You don't know whether you're pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. You don't, you don't know whether you're trinity, modalism. You don't, know, you don't even know what you are. You don't have any clue about doctrine. So how are you going to teach? He says, number three, verse three, not given to wine, right? Not a drunkard, not violent, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome. You ain't always got to have the last say. Always got to give everybody a piece of your mind. Now, how many of y'all, you, you've been like that. You, all, you wanted the last say, gave people a piece of your mind. Amen. Okay, but you got a mantle now, right? I got a mantle now. Okay, now that, that didn't change when the mantle came. The mantle doesn't change that. You and I have to now work to prepare ourselves for the work of the ministry. Are y'all getting anything out of this tonight? Quarrelsome, not covetous. You can't be covetous in ministry because it'll get you in trouble. You'll start doing things for money. Before you know, you got a $500 line here. And a $1,000 healing line here. And $3,000, i am going to send you a personal prophecy for the year over here. Oh, y'all like y'all never seen that. And I, I got bloody oil from Egypt over here. and I got a prayer cloth for $25.17. This is $2,023 line because the Lord told me 2023 is going to be your year. So 2023... Hallelujah. 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 You know, the devil can give people all kinds of schemes to get money out of folk. And if you find enough gullible people, you'll be living fat, driving fat, flying fat, and people broke. And still sick, still busted, still disgusted. Let's keep seeing what, what you got to be prepared. This is our preparation here. What are we supposed to be? One who rules his own house well. Having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? So you gotta, you, I'm gonna deal with this next week, maybe, or the week after about stewardship. See, if you're not a steward, you're not ready to go out there. If you, if you can't steward your own life, he's not gonna trust you to steward the people. Now you got the mantle, the mantle's there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 6. Verse 6. Verse 6, verse 6, not a, not a, not a. Now, my Bible has a little marker, and that word means new convert. Not a new convert. Pastor, you don't understand. I got saved. I'm on fire for God. I'm just going to go and do it, do this. Okay, okay. You can go and share your testimony. Praise God. That's wonderful. But the work of the ministry, this mantle, this fivefold ministry calling that we have, dozens of people said they receive, you got to mature. 
Hello? I said you have to mature. And he tells us why. Less being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Lord have mercy. He said, you get in here and you're going to end up like the devil? I don't want to start out strong and end up like the devil because I didn't sit down and let somebody tutor me and, and, and lead me and guide me and I thought I was all out of the bag of chips and I only been saved two weeks and all of a sudden I got all these words for everybody. Shut up! Because pride gets in there. This ain't me. This is this, this, this your Bible, right? Y'all, boy. I dare you to slap your baby and say, you better listen. So you better listen. You better listen. You better listen with your smart self. You better listen with your anointed self. You better listen with your anointed self. Verse 7, moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside. He must have a good testimony among those who are outside. Now, when you, you just got saved, you ain't got a good testimony yet. They still remember you from yesterday. You just got saved. You don't have a good testimony yet. It's, it's going to take you a little minute for people to see changes. See you, see you in the same hot water today that you were in two weeks ago and you didn't cuss. See you coming in the same attack today as you did three months ago and you didn't, you didn't, you didn't hit nobody with a folding chair. You didn't toss that hat in there, boy. Lord, we about to see you swimming across the canal about to fight, eh? It's on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> now, no, remember what he said. Now, look at verse 6. Look at verse 6 again. Not a novice. Because if you get puffed up in pride, you'll fall into the same condemnation of the devil. Verse 7, you must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. In other words, the devil is going to set traps for you, trying to set you up to get you, get you stung. Yes, sir. Hallelujah. Verse 8, likewise deacons. Now deacons is not fivefold ministry. Hello? Jesus. This is not, so this is not just for the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Deacons are literally uh, ministers, servants. Yes, sir. Diakonos, it means to serve. It's servants. Must be reverent. means having some reverence and respect for the things of God. Not double-tongued. Talking out both sides of your mouth. Not giving them much wine. You can't be all stuck on that stuff. You got to do sipping, drinking all the time and all that stuff like that. Not greedy for money. Another word for covetous. Look at this. It says about the deacons here, the servants. Holding the mystery of the faith with pure conscience. 
Mystery of the Faith, my Bible says hidden truths. Now, how did you get hidden truths yesterday? You, you just got saved. <laughs> Are y'all hearing what I'm saying to you tonight? Oh, what time is it? Okay. Um, verse 10. Watch this. Everybody say, let's keep going. Let's keep going. But let these also first be the servants. We got to test servants. Remember, Jesus said, I saw you. Yes, sir. I was examining. I was expecting, inspecting. I was observing you. Let them first be tested, then let them serve as deacons. What? So you got to first be tested before you can be a servant? Now some of y'all get mad at me because you already got your business cards. Already got people thinking you, you missionary so-and-so, and you evangelist, you prophet so-and-so, and prophet this and that. I'm telling you, you do that and you put yourself in, in danger of the snare or trap of the devil. He says, let them serve as deacons being found blameless. Likewise, their wives must be reverent, not slanderers, temperate, faithful in all things. Let deacons be the husbands of one wife. Same qualifications here for everybody. These are servants now. Ruling their children and their own house as well. In other words, you got to know how to manage yourself before I put you over management of the, the things of God. If you can't keep your car clean, how can I trust you to keep the church organized? If you keep running your account in the negative, how are we going to trust you to handle the true riches of the kingdom of God? See y'all, 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 y'all. I'm just telling you, see, 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 we, we get all spiritual. We want the deep things of God, and we miss the plain things of God, his requirements, and we want to be all deep and skip past the basics. And that's how you get set up in a trap and fall apart and end up, end up being disgraced. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let deacons be husbands of one wife, ruling their, their children in their own house as well. For those who have served well as deacons, obtain for themselves a good standing and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right. So I only have time tonight to deal with one of these things, and, I, and it's, I believe it's the first one. In preparing for the work of the ministry, the first... I believe the first and foremost thing that must happen that you get from the fivefold who is equipping you, what you and I must do is something called, it's a, it's a cuss word, submission. 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 I'm cussing in some churches right now. Submission. Submission. And in this, in this democracy-driven society where I'm free, it's a free country, I do my own thing, 
Submission is a rarity. And people don't understand that the way up is down. Somebody say submission. Sub, under, mission is a, is a movement, a, a somebody's assignment. So submission, I want to just tell you the simplest thing to do is when you feel a calling, when you feel, a, feel an assignment from God, when you say, I feel like I'm in the fivefold ministry or I receive a mantle, is the first thing you do is submit yourself to come under someone else's mission. Some of y'all will be writing this stuff down or at least really logging in your brain and not looking at me like I'm talking Swahili. Because, because I'm telling you, what, what the body of Christ is plagued by today is a, a, a pandemic of rebellious, renegade, lone ranger, I'm my own man. You can't tell me what to do. I hear God just like you hear God. And the Bible says rebellion, because that's the opposite of submission, is rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft. Is that right? It is better to obey than to sacrifice. Right, First Samuel 15, 22 and 23, right? Okay, so submission develops humility and obedience. Remember now, we're being developed, we're being prepared to go out into what God called us to do. So what I need first is to develop in this area of humility and obedience. Because when God, when I do uh, get when God does tell me things, I'm going to have to, have to uh, be humble and obey him. But what he gives me is a man or woman to practice. Y'all quiet this back at this church. Because truth be told, I can't see God. And most folk with your sleepy selves can't, can't, can't yet can't yet really even hear God. If you talk to most Christians, most Christians will tell you, I've never actually heard God. So guess what he does? He gives you someone you can see and hear to learn submission, to learn humility, to learn obedience. And yet this is the number one place that most folk fail the test and cut themselves off from ever walking in the fullness of what God called them to be. Hallelujah. God only uses those who are humble and obedient. I said God only uses those who are humble and obedient. Give me Philippians 2, 7 through 9. Philippians 2, 7 through 9. Just write this down. Write this down. Philippians 2, 7 through 9. This is about Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a what? And coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he did what? Humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, 
even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly done, done what? exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. So notice he wasn't exalted. He didn't go up till he went down. He wasn't made high till he came low. So he humbled himself and became obedient. Now you're thinking he humbled himself and became obedient to the Father. Well, no, not at first. His first obedience and submission was to his parents. I'm talking about on earth. His parents, his parents, we don't have any record in the Bible that God was speaking to him at, at three years old or six years old or nine years old or 12 years old or 13. We don't have any record of him ever hearing God's voice until he gets baptized and the heaven, oh, come on now, I don't care what you think, I'm talking about what we know from the Bible. We have no record of him hearing God's voice until he's baptized and the heavens open. He hears the voice saying, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That's the first record we have of Jesus Christ hearing the voice of God. No, that was God's son. He always, he always, Jesus always heard from God. Show me in scripture. Remember, he took off all his, his privileges. He, he laid aside all that. He became a man just like you and me. So when he learned obedience, he became obedient to the death. He became obedient. He first was obedient to his parents. Hallelujah. Give me Luke 22. Luke 22. Hallelujah. No, that's not what I want. I want, I want Luke 2. Give me Luke 2. Skip Luke 22. You know, in Luke 22, he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And I, that's, I mean, let, me, let me give you a point while you're going back to Luke 2. While you're going back to Luke 2. Submission is not proven when you do what you told her to do, but it was something you wanted to do anyway. I'm going to come on this side and say it a little slower. Submission is not proven when you do what you're told to do, but it was something you wanted to do anyway. Submission is proven when you do what you're told to do, but it was something that you did not want to do. It was something your flesh did not want to do. And yet when you were told, when you were given an instruction, an order, a command, a directive by a superior person, you did it anyhow. Oh, y'all don't like that. See, if, if Deke is sitting there hungry, and I say, Deke, go eat a sandwich. That's not submission. He wanted a sandwich anyway. But if he's hungry to the point of almost starvation, and I say, no, Deke, sit here, we're going to pray for the next two hours. And he prays for two hours, that's submission. Because his flesh wants to go get a sandwich. See, so you're not doing anything big because you get an instruction or a directive and you wanted to do it anyhow. See? Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? Because to, to train you in submission, to train you for the work of the ministry, God's going to give you something through a man or woman of God that you do not want to do. Y'all quiet on this side. you See, if you've never been given something that you do not want to do, you've not put yourself in a submission place yet. 
You've not even lined yourself up to be submitted. You just, you just, you kind of, you kind of, you kind of stand on the skirts. You're trying to kind of stand on the outskirts. You know, I, I come to church and yeah, that, that's my pastor. <laughs> yeah, that's my pastor. <laughs> but you never get close enough to be told to be directed to do something or challenge and then, you know, and then uh, follow through on it. And it's something you didn't want to do. Amen, Pastor. I'm going to amen myself. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. People want this standoffish relationship with their pastors, and yet the Bible says he gave it these people to equip you for the work of the ministry. Hallelujah. Look at Luke, Luke 2 and uh, verse 4 to 6 and 52. Luke 2, 4 to 6 and 52. It says, now so it was that after three days they found him, this is Jesus' parents, found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Now, how old is Jesus around this time? He's 12 years old. Good, saints. And it says, so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, go to, okay. And all who heard him, thank you, I'm sorry, I, I messed up. And all who heard, heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Okay, thank you. So when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, and he said to them, Why did you seek me? Why are you looking for me? Don't you know it's my time? Don't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? In other words, at 12, he knows what his mission is. He knows his assignment. At 12. How does he know? Because he searched the scriptures. The Bible says in, he searched the scriptures. He found himself. He found himself in the scriptures. He saw the scriptures. He said, That's, that is me. I, was, I, I come out of Nazareth. Oh, I came out of Egypt. Oh, I, okay. That's, that's me. I was born to a virgin. Oh, that's me. And it says, Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? And they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Verse 51. Now watch submission. And Jesus, then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was, and was what? Another word for submitted. He was subject to them, but his mother kept all his things in, his, in her heart. So he came with them and was, and was subject. Now he knew who he was. He knows. Wait a minute. My father has sent me here for a reason. But yet, because his parents gave an order, they were his governors and tutors. They were the authority in his life. He submitted. Now, there are people, if you tell somebody right now, they say, Pastor, I got anointing. I got a calling. I got a, I'm, I, God, I got, a, I got a mantle on Sunday night, and I'm about to go and do my thing. And I say, okay, I want you to sit here, and I want you to, to, to uh, listen, and I want you to sit for, for six months and uh, just listen and learn. And I want you to uh, go ahead, and, and I want you to take over Building 2 and keep Building 2 clean for six months. I got a calling. I've got a calling. I got a mantle. I got a mantle. Take your mantle to building two and get that scrubber and make sure you, you clean that toilet. I can't do that. Here's the problem. 
Because I didn't need you to clean the toilets. You needed submission. Y'all y'all don't like that. I didn't need you to clean the toilets. You needed the submission. Because the submission is teaching you something. It's teaching you humility and obedience. Jesus Christ humbled himself and became obedient to the death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given the name above every name. So he didn't get exalted till he humbled himself and became obedient. Notice what happened with Jesus Christ. He went down with his parents, became subject to them. Verse 52, and he increased, he increased, he increased. So increase doesn't come until you submit. He increased in, now wait a minute. If he already had all his God attribute, why would he need to increase in wisdom? Y'all missed it. If he already has this Holy Ghost filled, uh, empowered, he's the God man, why does he need to increase in wisdom? Doesn't he have all wisdom if he's walking around as God? Because he's not walking around as God, he's walking around as a man. At this time, a little 12-year-old boy. But because he humbled himself, now this boy increases in wisdom, in stature, in favor with God and man. Good reputation with those who are outside. But he couldn't get there without subjecting himself to his parents. Y'all got to hear this. So God, he allows you to practice submission with human authority. Here it was his parents. For you, it might be your boss or your job. Uh-oh. If you quit every job just because the boss, you and the boss don't get along, you've not learned submission. Don't tell me about ministry. Y'all quiet in this Presbyterian church. If you quit every job because you and the boss don't get along, it means you're not submitted because they're the boss, not you. Tell you that, but they're the boss, not you. Well, I don't like what they said, but they're the boss. Let me just find another job. See, God, that's why, remember Paul said, God counted me faithful putting me into the ministry. Which meant God had to watch his faithfulness, his zeal for what he did. He's, he got in there, he stuck with whatever he did. So if he, he sees you're the kind of person who quits every job just because you get tired of it, you don't like it, he's not going to now put you in the ministry. Just shut your little YouTube down, rip off, burn all your little cards, shut your little Instagram down, because you're not ready. I'm going to come on this side. Because you're not ready. I said, because you're not ready. And sometimes God will, will put you in a job. He knows the boss is crazy. He's going to put you in that job to work some things out of you. So when it's time, you'll be ready. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. A lot, lot of young people came up here the other night. Yeah, I, I, I feel, feel called a five four. I got a mantle. But if you go home, your parents tell you to be home by midnight, and you can't make it home by midnight, you're not ready for ministry. Because your parents are your first and foremost authority. They tell you to do your homework, and you are sucking your teeth. Don't, don't come a now prophetic word. Don't bring me no word. Don't tell me about none of your crazy dreams you had because they mean nothing to me. You sucking your teeth at your mama, you're not, you're not, no, 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 shut up. Because you're, you're not prepared yet. Go back to mama, go back to daddy and apologize. And become subject to them. Y'all don't like this, but that's the apostolic here. That's why I'm the apostle. To set things in order. To bring correction in your life. Y'all better hear me tonight. Because I, to, I want you to walk in that mantle. I want you to walk in assignment. But I, I don't want you to disqualify yourself and shame yourself when you get out there. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give me Psalm 81, 15. I know media, I skipped that. Go back to that. Psalm 81, verse 15. Because some people can pretend submission, but it doesn't last long. The haters of the Lord, would, it says, would pretend submission to him. Would pretend submission. So you can pretend submission. My wife calls it smiling rebellion. You get directors from the pulpit, and you... Gonna do what you really want to do anyway. You're gonna do what you want to do, but smile. <laughs> okay, you're my, you're my man of God. You're my woman of God. And go, you're gonna do whatever you want to do anyway. And all we do is say, go ahead and bump your head. Bump your head. Just, just bump your head. That's gonna be you, not on me. We gave you the right way. We told you the right thing to do or what not to do. Hallelujah. Pretend submission. When you're really submitted, ladies and gentlemen, you don't take licenses and liberties that you've not been given. When you really are submitted, you don't take licenses and liberties that you've not been given. If, if, if you've not been given explicit license and liberty to do something, do not do it. That's where Gehazi got himself in trouble. Elijah's servant. Elisha's servant, rather. He went out there and began to do all these things that he didn't have license and liberty to do. Liberty to do. Don't make assumptions about your leadership. Yeah, don't, don't figure. Don't figure. The Bible says, know those who labor among you and esteem the very highly for their works. Know them. Know them. Don't make assumptions about anybody. Don't, don't fake submission and, all, and trying to do your own thing. 
Y'all quiet around here, but I'm just telling you, I want you prepared. Because it's a trap if you do it that way. Because Hazus fell into that trap when he went after Naaman, trying to, trying to get uh, riches that Elijah, Elijah said, we don't want that. And Naaman went, uh, 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 Gehazi went after it. And the leprosy that Naaman was healed of came on Gehazi. Now he's changed. You will trap yourself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me finish up here. I got three or four minutes here. Now, go to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15 and 16. Are y'all learning anything tonight? Yes. Are you being challenged tonight? Yes. Am I ruffling any feathers tonight? Yes. I am. I am. I am. It'll be interesting to see what's in the chat. An online chat. He can't tell me how to see that's a problem. I just, just, that you, are, you, are, you, are, you are already in wrong territory. You're already in wrong territory. You say, he can't. He can't tell me. You're already in wrong territory. You're already off base. You, are, you already might as well shut it down, black it out. Because yes. Yes, no, the problem is nobody can tell you anything. You are going to be down a road to perdition and destruction quick, fast, and in a hurry. Looking just like First Corinthians 16, verse 15 and 16. Listen, listen to this. It says, I urge you, brethren... You know the household of Stephanas, that it is, or his household is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I think the King James says addicted themselves. Addicted themselves. So Stephanas and his household, they were ministry addicts. Devoted. This We are in ministry. That's, that's what my wife and I, we've, we've said that's what for us. Our, our children, uh, you don't have no choice because that's how we were raised, Warren. That's right. Yes, sir. That's right. We were ministry addicts. We were raised to serve God. Ra raised to be at, at church all the time. I was telling somebody last week when he, we had this youth conference here, I said, you know, I, I kind of I look for those people who they're going to be here just to be here. I'm not, not a youth. I'm not on any committee, but I'm just going to be here be here because... I'm gonna put my hands in the plow wherever I can get my hands involved. I wanna, I'm gonna, because that's how I was raised. We were, I was, I was at the women's meetings, I was at the kids' meetings, I was at everybody's meeting, and I wasn't either one of them, but I wanted to be around the house of God, around God's people. I was devoted to ministry. That's why I make no qualms about being blessed today and being in leadership today because I knew how to serve back then and get my hands dirty. They were ministry addicts. And he said, he said, verse 16, watch this, it's very, very critical, that you also submit to such, that you also submit to such, and to everyone who works and labors with us. Notice, he tells us the kind of people to submit to. Not the ones who are title-minded. Not the ones who are popularity-minded. Not the ones who are this personality that you're chasing after. 
Everybody want to get under some personality person, some big person with a, with, a, with a great Instagram page with all kind of filter pictures on them. They want to, that's, that's my pastor. Uh, but, but wait a minute. All they are is photo ops every Sunday. They're photo ops every Sunday. They're not interested in ministry. They're not devoted to God's people. Y'all, y'all can shut me all you want to. I'm telling you, people get so, so, so messed up by chasing the latest popular person, and they're not looking for the one to submit themselves to who is devoted to the ministry of the saints, not devoted to their own agenda, their own kingdom, but devoted to the ministry of the saints. He says, submit to such. Give me that same verse, verse 16, please, media. Give me verse 16 in the CEV, in the CEV. It says, to obey leaders like them. What did he say? Like them and to do the same for all others who work hard with you. Give me that same verse in the NET, the NET. Also, to submit to people like this. So notice Paul is telling us what kind of people to submit to. Submit to the ones who are devoted to ministry. Jesus said to the disciples, he said, follow me and I will make you what? Why? He was a fisherman. So if they followed him, guess what they were going to become? So don't submit yourself to some popular person, some toothy personality person who got a lot of photo op- ops on their Instagram page. No, find somebody who's devoted to ministry because you're being called to the work of the ministry. You're not being called to the photo opportunity. Y'all, man. And that's what, that's what, that is what is what's plaguing our church, meaning the, the body of Christ, is that everybody's so, so interested in the late, their latest tweet and their latest Instagram uh, post and their latest Facebook and their latest YouTube. They're a little short and all they think can get themselves out there and people aren't interested really in the work of the ministry. It's about who can get the most likes. The most subscribers, the most, the most followers, the most reposts, the most retweets. It's not the work of the ministry. And if you submit to that kind of person, it opens you then to manipulation. It opens you to witchcraft. It opens you to spiritual abuse. And you wonder why folk end up abused in the church after years. It's because you submitted to somebody because of their hair. Because they were a good singer. Or because they were, they were a, good, a good hooper. They, they could hoop real well. And, or they, they wore the, the nicest shoes and the nicest hats and the nicest belts. And you thought, oh, that's the kind of person I want to submit myself to. And if you do that, what you prepare yourself for is not the work of the ministry, but to emulate them. Okay, let me keep going after 9 o'clock. I'm going to say, y'all got school in the morning, right? Give, give me Hebrews 13, 17. Give me Hebrews 13, 17. Hebrews 13, 17. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. 
says, obey those who rule over you. What does it say? Obey those who rule over you and be what? So if there are people who rule over you, that means that there must be different rankings in the body of Christ. Huh? There must be different rankings in the body of Christ. If somebody's ruling over you, oh, ain't nobody going to rule over me, ain't no slave. Wait a minute, we're not talking about slaves. We're talking about that God set things in order. And there are some in the body of Christ who God has sent here, put here to rule over people. And you don't rule as a Lord, but you rule as an example. He says, so obey those who rule over you and be submissive. Here's why. Here's why. For they watch out for your crazy self. (laughs) To guard you from jumping out too soon. To guard you from going to preach in some church where they're going to put a spell on you. Man, y'all are sinning. I got to call a preacher. Somebody asked me to come preach today, third Sunday service. I'm just going. I'm called. I'm going to come back and, and, and you're barking. Why? Because the people who rule over you, the Bible says they watch over your souls. And now they trying to hold me back. Nobody's trying to hold you back. They're trying to guard you and protect you as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable for you. Give me that in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. I got, let, me, let me keep going. Man, I'm way over time. Watch this. Obey your spiritual leaders. Y'all read it with me. Ready? Go. Obey and submit to them continually. Why? And guarding your spiritual welfare as men who will have to render an account of their trust. Do your part. Give me this in the Living Bible, please. The Living Bible. The Living Bible. The Living Bible. Ready? Ready? Read. Obey. Give them reason to what? To do what? To report. So, so you mean at the end or along the way, I got to give a report every once in a while about you? What kind of report am I going to give God about you? Lord, they so hard-headed. Trying to do something. Always doing their own thing. This, I, are we reading the Bible here? So pastors, your leaders are not just people just to entertain you for an hour, a couple hours on a Sunday or a Wednesday and send you home. God's put us here to watch over you, to guard you, to protect you, and to help prepare you for the work he's given you to do. And that requires then you to submit. Y'all cuss real quick. Say submit. Submit. I know it's a cuss word. Just say it. Submit. Submit. All right, let me read one last place and we'll go home. First Peter 5, verse 5. 
First Peter 5, verse 5. And we'll come back next week because I'm going to get into some deeper stuff here. Because it, it's, it's got to get deeper. This is just the first one. But if you can get this, you're on the way. First Peter 5, 5. Y'all see it? Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, let's take that chronologically, younger and, and elder or older. Let's also look at spiritually, younger and elder. Okay? So, whether you're a younger person chronologically, Submitting yourself to an older person, to your elders, or a younger person in the faith. There's somebody God's going to have you, needs you to submit yourself to. He says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another. And be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So every one of us is required to submit to somebody. He gives us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. In this church, we've also established flight leaders. We have deacons and elders. And if you think you can just navigate this life without submitting to anybody, again, you're going to be off track, off course, and you're going to crash quick, fast, and in a hurry. Submission, let me, let me show you submission. I first started preaching in 1990, um, 1989, 1989, I started preaching. I was ordained in the Church of God in Christ, which I still hold that ordination, in 1994. We started this church in 1998. This is our 25th year we'll mark here in November. I knew God called me as a pastor long before I ever pastored. Um, I didn't know, I didn't know he called me at, to start a church. I knew I was called to pastor, meaning to shepherd people. That was my heart from the very beginning. I loved people. I love people. I love caring for people and watching people grow. That gives me the biggest kick. I don't, people ask me, would you like to travel all over the world preaching? No. No, I don't, I, I don't get a kick out of getting on a jet. And being in a new city every week, every month, every year. I, I could care less about that. I want to see people every day grow. I'm a pastor. A few years after I started pastoring actual a church, through the mouth of three prophets, three prophets, Benjamin Smith, Dr. Lance Jetter from New York. Benjamin Smith is from Bahamas. Lance Jetta from New York, and Pastor uh, Joe, y'all know our, our Pastor Joe here, uh, right here in, in, in St. Pete. Three prophets at different times spoke that God had called me into the apostleship. We're going back 2007, way back. The first one, actually, 2005. 2005. And I was around here, okay, praise God. I didn't, I didn't know anything about being an apostle. I didn't want to be an apostle. didn't really know what an apostle did. 
didn't really care, didn't require people to call me an apostle. It doesn't matter anything to me. You can call me Brother John. I know who I am. And people begin to call me apostle, as Deacon Tyrone says, apostle. And, um, and I was like, okay, nothing about me. But then when, when we, when I became a spiritual son and had a spiritual father, as I have now, Apostle Philip Derber, and even at that time he was pastor prophet Philip Derber. I knew I couldn't carry that title. I wasn't concerned about it. I'm still not concerned about it. I really do not care. But I knew I had to submit my calling under someone else's mantle. To the point I said, okay, do not call me that. Y'all remember, some of y'all remember that. Do not use that. Take it off any of, any of the paperwork we have. Take it off, any, off the website. Take it off anything because I'm, I'm submitting. Now, some of y'all are going to get shaken by this because can't nobody tell you God called you. <laughs> okay, keep doing it your way. I submitted. And it's only now in the last year when I heard him say, you are an apostle. But I said, okay, Lord, that means now it's time. See, some of y'all are struggling with this. But let me help you. David was anointed king. But it wasn't time until God said, now you are to operate as the king. He was anointed. I knew I was anointed as that. God went send three prophets from three different towns, unconnected, and proclaim that if that's not a reality. But I knew when you submit to an elder... Now, they, there's a time when they now, by impartation, release you into with a different oil than if you go out on your own. And so now, and I still don't, you don't got to change nothing. I, don't, I still ain't changed no paperwork, nothing. I just now know that that apostolic mantle when I open my vo- my yes. mouth, yes. when I operate, yes. it's operating now in the fullness. Yes. Yes. Are y'all hearing that? Why? I submitted to an elder. I recognize an anointing greater than mine. Oh, but I'm anointed. But there are anointings that are greater than yours. There are anointings that are greater than yours. That if you'll submit to that, then what's on that will then come on you. This is why this 
area of submission is primary. It is so important. And if you want to walk in the fullness of what you received on Sunday night, then you got to start by submitting. Submission is a training ground. The preparation time. It's, it's the incubator for the anointing that's on your life. When you do that, I guarantee you're walking in the fullness. Amen? Amen. You all received that tonight? Well, give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise right there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can walk in it. Equip for the work of the mission. I'm going to go through some more. I got three more I got to give you. I'm going to try to get to all of them next week so we can operate in what God has for us operating in. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, we're getting ready to be dismissed. Um, let me give a couple of announcements before we go. Let me pray. Let me pray. Let me pray. Father God, I, I present to you this hungry, thirsty group of people. That's why we're here on Wednesday night. God, not out of habit, not out of form of fashion, but because we're hungry for you, Lord. We want to walk in what you've given us. And I pray that each person tonight who's heard this word, that God, we will fully submit ourselves to your plan, fully surrender ourselves to your way of doing things. And Father, Jesus Christ, who's our greatest example, he submitted himself to his parents. He submitted himself to the authorities that were over him. He submitted himself to your will and to your way. And Father, as our example, we want to follow him and do the same thing. Forgive us where there has been rebellion against parents, against uh, managers or bosses, against teachers, against authority, against uh, law enforcement, against government, against pastors, against leaders, against anybody in our lives that you place an authority over us. Lord, we don't want that rebellion seed no. to grow up and lead us into a place of devastation. And so, Father, as we make those corrections, I pray that, God, that you'll see our humility, our obedience, and be able to trust us with, with the anointing, trust us with the anointing for the mantle, the oil for the mantle that you released to us. And I pray, Father, that each person tonight would step into that place of submission, humility, and obedience. So in due time, you can exalt us to that place which you called us to be. We thank you for it. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Put